Hello and welcome to the conversation. I'm Heil Russell. And I'm Cameron Regal. And we are live on Twitch. It is New Year's Eve, December 31st, 2022. And continuing the tradition that we started last year, and I guess we're going to keep doing until it's not convenient anymore, uh, we'll be counting down to the new year for the homeland of the Donkey Kong universe, the English Midlands, where both Rare and Platonic are located. So we are starting this at 5.40 p.m., Eastern Time, which is 10.40 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time, and we will be going until the clock strikes midnight for the UK. So, this is the final episode of The Conversation's 10th season, Cameron, which means that The Conversation itself will be celebrating its decade anniversary on January 13th of 2023. So, we're not going to be doing much Oof. for it. Yeah, I know. Woof. Uh, you know, this, uh, this podcast, uh, people are always saying like, how, how do you keep finding things to talk about? And, um, I'm just worried I'm going to die before we get to it all because, because there's still so much to get to for the, uh, the DKU and, you know, we're not going to be doing much to mark our 10th anniversary. Like, there's not going to be a, a 10 years of the conversation episode. Um, but I, I, it's probably because the conversation itself didn't get remotely listenable until about 2019. So there, there's no reason to celebrate our 10th anniversary. But we will be taking a few weeks off to recharge our batteries or, you know, Baza brand from Banjo-Tooie, and we're going to focus on some other areas of DK Vine in the meantime while we get a little break from the podcast, and we're going to reset before we kick off season 11 in just a few short weeks. But what will we discuss on the conversation in 2023? Well, that's what we're going to try to figure out on this episode as we look ahead to what 2023 may hold for Donkey Kong, Rare, and Platonic. So, uh, thank you for being here with me this time, Cameron. Oh, pleasure to be here. I want to say hello to the live stream, because we are streaming this one live on our regular Twitch channel. So, we got we got some faces in there. Uh, LC... L. Apen or L. C. Lappen. I don't know which it is. I apologize. Freezer is in there. And uh, we got. I'm terrible with names. I, I, I'm, I apologize. It is. Eight uh, and 64 plus. Um, Amanzico. I see. I'm, I'm terrible at this. I, I don't know. There's letters and I don't know how to sound them out correctly. So I. To ask the architect. No idea who that is. I'm banning them. That's just nonsense. Meant to provoke me. Anyway, thank you. We'll be trying to check in while we can on the live stream, but we are 
under the clock. We are under a giant uh, anthropomorphic stopwatch because we will have a deadline of midnight. So midnight in the UK, uh, 2023. So we've got to get all of our nonsense in before then. So we can't go on long and winding rants about things this time around. So... Anyway, this is always kind of a stupid exercise, this uh, forecasting kind of thing, because I feel like more often than not, we tend to be correct in our um, predictions. It's just that it's hard to narrow something down to a precise year, because it's really arbitrary, right? We, we Like, most of civilization takes a break at the end of December, and then we start again. But other than that, it is kind of just um, there's not much of a difference between the end of 2022 and the beginning of 2023 to say, this is what's going to happen in the next 12 months, but only the next 12 months. If it happens 13 months from now, we're wrong. Yeah, it's it's kind of silly, especially in this era of longer game development and not wanting to announce things too far in advance. I mean, look, or, look, or just game development post 2020 really in right general. we're still dealing with the pandemic which hasn't really ended and probably will never end in a way that it was you know pre-pandemic so it's hard to do this and i like i said i feel like we we get things more often than not but not on the timetable that these new year's forecasts would predict but this is our 10th new year's forecast yeah, every, so. th- things are still offset in scheduling even if or like things like the waves made are like still we're still feeling the ramifications of it yeah yeah so like yeah nintendo's probably working on donkey kong does that mean it's announced in the year ahead i don't know does it mean it's released in the year ahead i i don't know uh or or does the work just continue for another year without the public being made privy towards anything i do not know but i can tell you this even if 2023 is just another placeholder year before we get to the big uh, Donkey Kong factory. Uh, it, well, actually, the Donkey Kong factory is being built right now. That's being uh, opening in 2024 in Osaka. But um, this is the first time in a couple of years, I, I feel like, where we know we will have some big things to talk about in the year ahead. So at the very least, we can hang our hats on that and say, all right, well, we, we know this much is ahead for 2023. So we're going to be talking about the, the things we know for sure. We're going to be talking about the educated guesses and we are going to make some wild swings. We, we are, we're going to just take some like big, big dramatic predictions here and, you know, maybe they'll be wrong, but at the very least, we'll keep this episode interesting. So, uh, why don't we start with Platonic? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go down the list. Platonic, Rare, Donkey Kong, slash Nintendo. All right. Cause we're not going to be talking about Zelda. All right. It's, it's Donkey Kong. All right. So, Platonic. Um, you know, Platonic, I, I feel weird because they have been surprisingly quiet in 2022. Not from a, just complete going completely dark point of view because they had been as a publisher they've been super active right but yeah we've gotten a steady stream of platonic friends releases 
but nothing really from the core studio. And I say nothing really, I mean nothing at all. And and really no suggestions over the last 12 months about what they may be doing. And I'm pretty sure this came up on the last New Year's forecast. And I said I thought we would get an announcement from them this year, uh, this, this past year, especially in light of the, uh, the Tencent news. However you feel about that, it was still noteworthy and it meant that, you know, they would get an influx of cash into the studio. They were opening their secondary workspace and, you know, Gavin Price said they would have a commitment to having upwards of three games in development at one time. But so far, we have heard nothing about that. And, you know, it has been over three years now since Ukulele and the Impossible Layer was released, which came out, you know, months before the pandemic started. And so this is the widest gulf of time between Platonic Games releases being that they've only released two games, and this is the widest gulf of time. <laughs> but, um, you know, what's the deal? Well, the pandemic certainly put a, a wrench in the cogs, for sure. And I, I'm not sure, but my best guess is that if they are working on what we, the fans, call Tukalele, which I still argue that they kind of gave that away, they, they kind of nakedly exposed that that's indeed what they're working on yeah. with that gamesindustry.biz interview. I'm genuinely not even sure if it's supposed to be a secret. I feel like it's <laughs> been, like, so openly broadcast that they're doing a sequel. Just, we haven't seen the press release that says... Tukalele coming whenever. Yeah, for those who aren't aware, right after the Tencent deal went down, Gavin Price gave an interview with GamesIndustry.biz, not to be confused with GameBest.computer, another highly respected games journalism site. But uh, I said something to the effect, uh, well, I should say the uh, the interviewer gave, said something to the effect um, in, in the the wind-up for the interview or after the fact that it was implying that Playtonic was working on a sequel to Ukulele, even though Gavin Price didn't outright say it in the interview. So what happened was then all of the, the news sites from there ran with that. And the one that Playtonic has the, seems to have the biggest relationship with Nintendo life, who I'm cool with Nintendo life because they have been, uh, giving our articles a big boost. Uh, they've credited us with, you know, spotting Swanky Kong on the poster of the Super Mario Brothers movie. So I'm cool with Nintendo life. Uh, friends of the show. But they tweeted specifically that Ukulele was... Ukulele 2, Tukulele was in development, which Platonic retweeted and then very quickly and quietly unretweeted it and then never spoke on it again. So... And for those, they're also that like tease they did of Gavin saying like, "Oh, we're working on uh, bleep," but the first like letter was clearly T. Well, I thought that I thought that was a capital B something golf. Um, So (laughs) I I have no, I have no idea. (laughs) He's been teasing that one too, which I I don't know if that's just a persistent joke, like threatening people with the the, they're going to do a golf game with capital B, but capital B then showed up in a mighty fight federation wearing golfing clothes. And there was that weird golf course 
on the overworld of Impossible Lair. I feel like that must be a joke from Gavin Price, but I, I don't really know. But yeah, I, 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 I it'd th- certainly be interesting if we have two ukulele titles, MIA, yeah, for several years now. Yeah, so yeah, there, there's a lot of. Uh, uncertainty around that but i feel like it's pretty open especially based on platonic retweeting and then unretweeting that nintendo life tweet for those of you who are listening to this in 2024 there used to be this uh, social media site called twitter uh no longer exists in your time but it was pretty prominent just a few years back so anyway i feel like you know with the influx of 10 cents investment um it's possible, it's probable that Tuca's not taken back to the drawing board, then it's being radically rebuilt, or, or at the very least, they're, they're, they're just putting more and more time and effort into it, and it's taking longer. You know, game development, I don't think we need to say yet again, it's kind of a bastard and a half these days, even with well-financed indie studios, um you know, who aren't trying to churn out a a triple A product. I think development creep is inescapable, especially something like a 3D platformer compared to a 2D platformer, especially coming off of the first game, which did have a bit of a mixed reception and a possible layer, which was heralded as a modern classic of the 2D platforming genre. So Platonic's in a weird spot right now where they've proved they can make uh an absolute instant modern day classic, but they still have that kind of reputation of, oh, ukulele underwhelmed in some areas. And so if they are doing another 3D platformer, then I feel like they know they need to nail this. They, they need to cement the reputation for what they want it to be as, you know, the spiritual heirs to the types of games Rare made back on the N64. So... What especially kind of paints that picture for me is um, those um, lovely YouTube commentaries they did um, for the original ukulele, yeah, which were great to listen to. But like a constant running theme was sort of these essentially admissions like we like that they clearly had had things that areas they thought they could work on and things they wanted to do and couldn't or things that weren't realized in the way that they wanted them to be. And they were realizing that before the game was released and just couldn't do anything about it because clock's ticking down. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of, I kind of think like, well, they're, they might know this time. Well, they don't have like Kickstarter obligations to fulfill. They don't have like pre predetermined publicly aired, um, elements of design that 100% must be in there because investors gave them money on the back of them. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't have like a publicly committed to release window um, and they're self-publishing now. I, I would not be surprised if it's taking much longer because they have the luxury of taking their time with this one and they're being a lot more considerate with what they want to do and less likely to be inclined to leave something on the cutting room floor from t- for time constraints. Yeah. Um, Frog Daisy in, in the chat says that uh, I think Tukulele is a better title than Banjo-Tooie. 
And uh, they think that uh, a lot of the criticisms of the first game were kind of weak. And, you know, I, I understand a lot of the criticisms, especially like for me, like I really enjoy ukulele. Like I, I am not one of these people who are just criticizing every aspect of the original ukulele. I would criticize things like the Rextro games and the Kartas sequences, which uh, there, there's a whole story to them. But um, I, I think, again, like you mentioned, Cameron, Kickstarter obligations and they they promised they'd get all these things in there even if it kind of was bad for the game um and, and uh just uh feel and flow of it but i i really like ukulele i love 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 impossible layer so like i think impossible layer was just this wonderful little gift that we got right before the pandemic right before everything kind of uh, started to evolve at Platonic, where it showed us that, hey, yeah, no, not only are they aware of the problems of the original ukulele, but they can also make a game like this. So I think, yeah, with with the investment they have, I mean, I, I know everybody feels kind of uh, squeaky about Tencent and, you know, it's not ideal, but it does afford the people at Platonic who I uh, do love and adore. Uh, it gives them the time and the financial stability to make a product that they feel like they're capable of making and not fill it with, you know, uh, compromises, death by a thousand cuts, that sort of deal. And um, as you said, Platonic Friends, they have uh, apparently a very lucrative publishing company now that is constantly releasing a stream of indie games which are you know reaching hit status I, I don't know how you can quantify that for an indie game and what you know makes a game like that profitable but i feel like they are having enough success with it where they keep announcing more so that's definitely helping them as well so it's it's all i think going towards having the optimal ukulele sequel that we all want so um yeah, I mean, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing if Platonic does announce anything this year. I think it, it's likely they will, but it's also, it, I won't be surprised if it just takes a little bit longer. Because if Platonic is working, let's say they're working on three games, right? Um, two Kalele and two other ones. Um, if the two other ones are of a smaller scope, which they probably would be they would theoretically maybe even be done before Tukulele is but i'm not sure if they would want to lead with them after you know three plus years of no releases or if they would want to wait until Tukulele is launched for maximum impact you know get people excited about the ukulele brand again then release the smaller titles or the ones with focus on more obscure characters like shell or or, or whatever I'd but I'd say maybe like you could like announce a spin-off game that is like show it off is coming soon ish mm. but then like affirm that you are making the sequel to ukulele yeah so that there's I mean we've we've seen this before in the DKU of like like people seeing Banjo-Kazooie nuts and bolts and being upset that a traditional Banjo platformer wasn't right behind it. Yeah. Then again, I, I'm thinking in terms of like, I know the extremely online fan base will know, but you know, it, it's the thing where you release a, a little side game without really much of a core 
mainline entry to support it, like the the King of Swing series back during the buyout era, you know, beloved games by the hardcore fans, but they really went under the radar primarily because Donkey Kong was going through such a weird identity crisis at the time, and, and there really wasn't the this the sort of yeah, you, anchor to to keep it up you know from just drifting away and and being ignored by the public it, it just helps to have that like major tentpole release to keep it in the public consciousness so that you can then say have diddy kong racing to be one of the fastest fastest selling games of its era yeah yeah i mean that's that's why diddy kong racing did as well as it did because it was sandwiched between the donkey Kong country trilogy and donkey Kong 64 there was never any downtime for people to forget who diddy kong was that generational turnover where you know kids age out and the new kids haven't played the older games and we didn't have that with diddy kong racing so it went on to do huge huge numbers so yeah uh basically i i want platonic to have all the time they need and they are afforded a little bit more time from the less than gracious fan base because it's a weird feeling cameron but we do have a dku 3d platformer on the immediate horizon uh, because Ukulele's Trouser will be making a cameo appearance in Dinosaur Bite's Clive and Wrench. Uh, Dinosaur Bite is the studio. Clive and Wrench is the game. I realize both could sound like they could be game titles. Uh, Clive and Wrench uh, is being published by Numskull Games this February. So we don't even have to wait past the season that we're in. We are getting it in February. And... You're talking about Clive, the character from <laughs> Anton Ball Deluxe? Oh, yes, I forgot. Yes, the character Clive, who debuted in Anton Ball Deluxe, a game which you, Cameron Regal, did the uh, the artwork for. The, the uh, what, what do you even call it? The, the, it's not the box art. art. Per, yeah. Key art. Key art. Okay. Okay. I was like, wait, if there's, it, it was digital only, right? There, is was there a fiscal release? Is there going to be a fiscal release? Uh, there wasn't one. No. Oh, okay. I didn't know if like eventually it was going to like go to limited run or something. But yeah, um, uh, Clive and Wrench is a game that we have been following on DK Vine for a while. It's been in development for a long, long time. I think a, a contemporary of Lobo Destroyo. And while we're still waiting for news on Lobo Destroyo, Clive and Wrench is uh, on its way out at long last. And we'll actually be interviewing Dinosaur Bites Rob Wass uh, to kick off the conversation season 11. That we've already got it queued up and ready to go. Rob's been wanting to be on the show for quite a while, and we agreed we'll wait right before the game comes out, and then that way we'll uh, you know sort of help uh, help push that uh, hype snowball down the mountain um, as best we can in this little corner of our very niche fandom. But uh, yeah, it, it's going to be excited. I, I'm excited. It has a monkey in it, and it, it's got trouser in it so it's also very much i mean it's got a lot of inspiration from the 3d platformers of the late 90s and early aughts but a particular interest to me and rob's said there's a little inspiration in there it feels a lot like 12 tales conquer 64 in in the presentation in the way the worlds all have like a theme and 
um, it, it's it's more time travel than Conquer was. Conquer was more just like you know we're we're going into this little corner of of the game world that feels of a particular time, and this is literally going into a time. But yeah, it, it's it should be cool because there's a lot of people out there who still mourn that we didn't get Twelve Tales Conquer sixty four, and I'm not really one of them, but I do have a fondness and nostalgia for you know speculating about conquer pre-bat fur day and you know imagining what might have been and yeah so it, it should uh scratch a very particular itch for a segment of the dku I'm, fandom i'm amused by very simple things and i just love the stretchy rubbery monkey yeah, I, I get a huge kick out of it. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll be talking more about Clive and Wrench as the new conversation season begins. Now, as far as Platonic Friends titles, Little Gator Game was the one we were really watching uh, this year. And I'm excited that the holidays are winding down so I can really spend more time with it because I, I played it for about a day and then I just couldn't play it anymore because I had too much stuff to do. So I'll be going back to Little Gator Game. But Little Gator Game doesn't appear to be DKU. It doesn't seem to have any appearances by ukulele characters. But then again, you know, I said Saber Wolf GBA, Killer Instinct 2013, and Cameo Elements of Power weren't DKU once upon a time. Don't I look silly? But um one play you this year yeah 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 so we got three new games this year why why are people complaining we uh we still need to discuss a platonic friends title though cameron because uh demon turf neon splash came out uh like a, a full sub sequel to the original demon turf and we still haven't discussed it and uh it, it just it, it got away from us, especially as the year progressed and we just had more stuff we had to discuss. It, not even that, the DLC for the original game, the Tower DLC. Yeah, Demon Turf Tower, free DLC for the Steam version of the original Demon Turf. So it's just it's just an avalanche of Demon Turf stuff. I feel like it's become one of the more like lucrative mini fiefdoms within the DKU right now where it's just too much product and not enough time to really take it all in. But yeah, D a Demon Turf is another thing I really want to sink my teeth into uh, in 2023. Just really devote myself to and spend some time with all three, I, I guess, releases, uh, uh, two titles, and, but because since Tower is going to be part of the original Demon Turf, but Anyway, that, that, that about does it for Platonic. I don't have anything else substantive to really say, except, you know, well, hopefully we'll, we'll hear more in 2023. But if not, oh, well, I understand. So let's, let's get to Rare. Uh, Rare, well, I have a hunch that Rare will be continuing development on Sea of Thieves. I, I don't know what tells me that, just an inkling of a notion I don't know. I could be way off base. No, it, it, it's it's remarkable. It's you know, 2023 will mark Sea of Thieves' fifth anniversary since it's launched. Five? Can you believe it's been five years? We were talking about te like ten years of the conversation, but the fifth anniversary of Sea of Thieves. 
Sea of Thieves exists on such a nebulous timeline to me because like it doesn't feel like it's been around for five years, but also in trying to like recap my thoughts on Sea of Thieves um, for this year, I was thinking like, well, yeah, it kind of was a blow when they shut down the arena, but they've done so much to build the game with uh, adventures and the captaincy and the heart heart of fire novel and the servant comic and and the like the S- saving golden sands and the like pendragon flameheart fighting like wait that was all this this year what yeah. the hell yeah it's it's been a jam packed year for sea of thieves and i you know they they even ended it on such a huge note by introducing the um like on-demand ship battles where we haven't even discussed those on the conversation yet. That'll come with the next season roundup in season 11. But you know, that, that is kind of revolutionized the way you can play the game, especially if you're seeking PVP encounters, just, just, and even if you don't like traditional PVP encounters, it's still fun to play given how they uh, arrange it. Yeah. It it packages it in a way that, makes me much more inclined to engage with the PvP because it's a lot more voluntary and um, presented in a way that's a lot more like feel good slash no hard feelings um, win or lose. Yeah. So we know a little of what's ahead for Sea of Thieves in 2023 thanks to the rare Twitch channel's stupid fascination with having an orb like during the holidays uh, they, 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 they have this like snow globe, which they call the orb and they just put it on their Twitch channel and I guess create this panic among people who have a fear of missing out. And occasionally they will have some sort of like preview or suggestion of what's to come in the year ahead manifest yeah, don't, within the yeah, orb. Don't, don't, don't tell like all of New York that you think gathering around an orb at the end of the year is silly. <laughs> So I have no interest in watching this stupid orb during the busiest time of the year. I didn't even get the little gator game properly. But uh, luckily, our good friend Dre, who runs Golden Sands blog post with Jeff, is more absorbent, absorbent than us. I, like paper towels? No, I meant they're uh, they are observant of the orb or orbs I, I realize the pun doesn't work because it makes it sound or, like something else well orb servant was just what they showed in the in the video <laughs> this servant with the orb right i realize now this this is just completely falling apart dre they were able to provide us with notes on what the orb said or or, or suggested and i i don't really understand most of this this is a lot of vague like nonsense that doesn't really appeal to me, but something about Briggsy's mask revealing a secret star chart, something about the ancients and some temple that holds a curse and a cure, which it makes me wonder if we're going to get to explore uh, an ancient temple in the Sea of the Damned, which has been suggested in a, in a few properties now um, at Sea of Thieves in-game and in the novel. So makes me wonder if we're going to have another adventure in the Sea of the Damned. Um, there there was something about Ramsey planning something with the original three trading companies. Uh, there was a new name for uh, Golden Sands uh, 
outpost. Uh, so, so Golden Sands became New Golden Sands outpost, and they it has kind of re- been rebuilt into a whole port town, the very first town in Sea of Thieves. And it looks amazing, but apparently they are going to give it a new name of Port Merrick, which... Uh, no, I I don't like that. I, I partly because my friends run a blog called Golden Sands Blog Post, and it would be like if Nintendo said Donkey Kong no longer swings from vines. Uh, he, sw- he swings from twizzle sticks. I I think it's kind of sweet in terms of what it means in the lore, and I recognize that like yeah, it doesn't really make sense to call this extremely cobblestony port Golden Sands anymore. But it is a bit less, it is like not evergreen in the way that would be kind of handy Yeah, for a Sea of Thieves location name to be. And Golden Sands is a cool name that like it's definitely going to be an adjustment for me. I think I'll still call it Golden Sands and and Port Merrick will be more of like what what people call it, but it may mean not. The official name? I don't know. Uh, whatever. I'll rationalize in my head. And uh, it, it's weird to name something after a dead person when you can visit that dead person as a ghost. Yeah, that's yeah, just true. <laughs> that's why I don't understand naming things after Lincoln when he's haunting the White House. Uh, so Donkey, Donkey Kong Island, Wrinkly Kong Island. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, actually, do that now. Go ahead. That that's on the table, Nintendo. <laughs> that's a free one. And and something about uh, maybe the uh, the Reapers corrupting Pendragon's Sword of Souls and and using it as a weapon that can um, kill Ramsay the Pirate Lord's ghost, which uh, that that will be if if that's one of those like choose the fate of a character uh, adventures. That's going to be brutal. People trying to outright kill the Pirate Lord. Um, yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. It feels like a little mini election every time they they do that. It's like, oh, ma- make sure you cast your vote, except in this case, you know, a beloved fictional character will go away forever. I, I The thing about fictional characters is they don't have to die. They don't have to go away. And so when you're threatening their ghost, that's next level because we don't even have their ghost to fall back on. Anyway, all I all I know is, Cameron, I really hope I can get TT as a clock for my ship in the Pirate Emporium this year. All I want is, is, is a clock that sort of looks like TT uh, that I can hang on my walls and yeah. I can say it's TT. So if they gave you the choice between uh, getting T, you, you can have TT, but yeah. the Pirate Lord dies forever. I'm sorry, but the Pirate Lord would have to die, yeah. We could say that the Pirate Lord's was was like smuggled into the clock, and then maybe TT is the Pirate Lord. TT is Ramsey, <laughs> and he just uh, you know he became became a much more chirpier little racing boy uh, by 1997. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, he could also be Tom Toggs from the novel. Anyway. Sea of Thieves, we will continue to watch it. It, It's the the weird thing about Sea of Thieves and Rare uh, and going into 2023 is I'm no longer stressed out about what Rare is doing because I'm I'm so satisfied and placated with Sea of Thieves that if Rare was just the Sea of Thieves studio from now on, I realize this is controversial what I'm saying, but if, if all they did was just maintain Sea of Thieves and keep it going, 
I would be satisfied. I mean, I, I'm not really jonesing for much from Rare anymore because I, I've had constant updates from a Rare game for five years now, and it's it's not slowing at, down whatsoever. At the very least, it's nice to be on an episode like this and not saying... What the hell is Rare working on? Yeah, yeah. We've we come know. we've come a long way. On. We've come a long way since the early days of the conversation. Uh, Everwild. <laughs> Everwild won't be ready. Uh, <laughs> I, I think whatever's happening with Everwild, it's... We, we talked about how they, okay. like, Platonic might have, like, torn down Tukulele and rebuilt it. I, I don't know, but... I feel like Everwild has definitely gone through some creative revision since they announced it, even. And it, there's there's no way to know for sure. And maybe that we could get some sort of E3 trailer or something. But I, I don't think we're going to hear anything about Everwild until they have something more concrete yeah, to share. We we haven't seen one thing of Tukulele or even confirmed its existence 100%, but I still feel like I know more about it than I do Everwild. Yeah, it would be nice to know what kind of game Everwild actually is, other than, like, vague concepts uh, of what it's, you know, conveying, but... It looks cool. It looks cool, yeah. wish I knew what I was looking at. Yeah, Um, but again, like, the monkey is off the back, or whatever Everwild equivalent of a monkey would be. The monkey's off their back because at least they have Sea of Thieves. And, and we, you know, we talked about Platonic and how Tencent does provide them this financial stability as well as their Platonic Friends releases. And I feel like with Rare, they probably don't have uh, Microsoft breathing down their necks too much these days when they are giving them Sea of Thieves. So... All right, Cameron, I am going to make a bold prediction here. And I, so, so this is one of my swings in the dark. And I, I want to be clear. I want to be upfront. This is not, I repeat, this is not based on any insider knowledge. This isn't me, Heil Russell, being a mischievous little insider. I'm not spreading any leaks. I do not know anything concrete. All right, this is just me being a fan of this, of the DKU for 28 years and going off of a gut feeling. Yeah, no winking at the camera, no cheeky pretending that you don't know something. This is just you... 100% 100% pulling something out of your butt. Yes, and I can't even cross my fingers because they are up my ass. <laughs> so, <laughs> let, let, let me be clear. I don't want people running to their mothers or their uh, their significant others to, and say, hey, Heil from off of DK Vine just said this. It has to be happening. This is just me being a fan. This is just me going off of hunches all right but uh i think something may be in the works somewhere within xbox studios or through an outside studio for banjo kazooie now let me be clear that doesn't mean it's an active development already it could just be that there are some talks and, you know, maybe uh, pitches are being made, loose plans are being drafted. I don't know. But the rumors did kind of kick up a little bit last not E3. 
And of course, whenever rumors kick up around E3, whether it be real E3 or not E3, everybody thinks, oh, incoming game announcement, because as if like just the timing of it just means, oh, yeah, something's going to get announced this E3. That's what happened when we uh, are our Donkey Kong rumors, which were, you know, from insider sources. Uh, they blew up right around the time of E3 2021, and then every, all all eyes were on us. And I was just like, "What? Well, I don't think it's going to be announced at E3. I, I, what are we doing here?" So, anyway, I'll, people briefly got excited about this last not E3, and then nothing was announced, and so everybody was like, "Oh, I guess that was fake." But I don't know. I. I think there's enough wind to the back of this rumor. I think there's enough industry folks elsewhere starting to chat about it that there's a there, there's mild credence to be given to this. And yeah, I think it's definitely going to happen sooner rather than later. Does that mean 2023? It's doubtful. It, it, it is doubtful. Like I said, these episodes are kind of stupid these days because it's hard to pinpoint something to a strict 12-month chronology. But I know everyone's going to look at at June 2023 because it's the 25th anniversary of Banjo-Kazooie. And of course, something has to happen for any anniversary of five. Which, again, calm down. Anniversaries mean nothing unless the studios have something in the works that they can then coincidentally tie into anniversaries. It's very seldom that a studio will target anything for a specific anniversary. It's all after-the-fact happenstance. Or if they can bundle a, a slapdash collection together, they'll do that. Um, yeah, and if it's an anniversary title, it's a generally either scoped appropriately for it or um delay or um rushed out to its detriment yes yeah so it's no way to actually time a project so i i have maintained personally since banjo and kazooie got into smash that we would be seeing them back with a game eventually because it was just money being left on the table from xbox studios and then we had the worldwide pandemic, you know, so uh, I, I don't know if that would have slowed anything down. I don't even think there were probably any talks in the works before the pandemic, but I, it's going to happen eventually. And and maybe Rare will have oversight. Maybe they'll just be completely hands off it, with it like they seem to be with Perfect Dark, which we haven't heard anything about Perfect Dark recently, have we? No, things have gone dark perfectly yeah 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 (laughs) but you know it's possible that maybe rare will be would if if, when this gets rolling you know maybe they will uh have more involvement in the same way delala barred paul collins from from rare for battletoads 2020 i think banjo kazooie is such a big brand for rare that it would be weird for them to not have any fingers in the pie at the very at the very least i would have to assume this is at least a conversation that's been had yeah yeah like there i don't think there are i don't think there's an email filter that says banjo kazooie project with 999 messages left on red (laughs) yeah you know and and yeah the question is you know 
how much involvement would Rare have on it? Would Rare sign off on it? You know, would Craig Duncan want that? Because we know how eager he was for Rare to kind of shed the image it was pigeonholed into pre-Sea of Thieves as this studio that made all these great games in the 90s and then all these games that were dismissed once they went to Xbox. Um... And these are all trivialities at the end of the day. Will it have the Rare logo? Will it have anybody from Rare working on it? I do think Banjo-Kazooie is coming. I think it's it's a sure bet in the next couple of years. That's just my hunch. I yeah, will be shocked if I'm wrong. I mean, my position is a new Banjo-Kazooie game is a matter of when, not if. But that's been my position ever since nuts and bolts so (laughs) yeah i i felt more solid on these foundations since smash obviously but well at least since rare replay i guess i'd say yeah yeah i I think i think rare is at least in a good enough place with sea of thieves that they're no longer just obviously among certain fans they will always be uh, the Nintendo's kid brother who made, you know, half of the worthwhile games for the N64. But I, I think for the larger gaming crowd, they are now the Sea of Thieves studio, you know. So I, I don't think there there's any yeah. danger necessarily being married to these past images. And I, I, I think, like, Xbox as a brand has diversified enough that I'm sure... Phil Spencer and others are champing at the bit to get Banjo-Kazooie back out there. It's just a matter of finding I mean, the right fit. I mean, I... Like, a, yeah, like the, the success of Sea of Thieves is at this point uncontestable. It is, I think, their most successful property ever, yeah. mm-hmm. maybe. Um, and, like, solidly so. Yeah. But I think... Like Banjo and Kazooie are always like the duo collectively are going to be Rare's Mickey Mouse at the end of the day, right? I m- more so and there's than always going to be this this you know this twinge in the back of my mind, like hey, what's going on with them? Yeah, I, I I think it's it's inescapable, and like I think they they maybe toyed with having Rash be their mascot for a while, and I don't think. I think the Battletoads are ultimately too niche for for it to really make that. Uh, to make that connection where like, yeah, they'll always be popular, but they're also Ninja Turtle XPs at the end of the day. So, uh, I, yeah, I think Banjo-Kazooie are it. And I think they will, they will always have that strong link back to the studio, which again, uh, Xbox knows what they have. Modern day Xbox definitely knows what they have. We'll, we'll get it eventually. But Hey, speaking of Banjo and Kazooie, there's also another question. When are we going to get Banjo-Tooie on NSO Plus Expansion Pack? Which segues nicely, I think, into Nintendo and Donkey Kong discussion. (laughs) Yeah, speaking of things that are, I think of as a matter of when, not if. Yeah. You can't put Kazooie on there and not put Tooie on there. You know, having Banjo-Kazooie on uh, NSO Plus Expansion Pack this year has been so much fun for me. Because I can just play it on my Switch, which is so convenient to my lifestyle. I don't have to play it on my Xbox. I I can... uh, I can experience the original N64 version. I can get the stop and swap items and then just jump back to a prior save state and not have to worry about it not being there anymore. It It's just... Uh, it's it, nice to be able to replay Furnace Fun. Yeah, yeah. So Banjo-Tooie, I think more than Kazooie, would be such a massive 
win for the fandom because Banjo-Tooie is such a complex game and it's so hard to do um it, it, it's so hard to sink my teeth into without like a very concentrated I am playing Banjo-Tooie for the next week or two like this is what I'm doing so to have it at my fingertips on the Switch with the uh, functions of NSO Oh man, I, I would love that. And yeah, like like you said, it's just a matter of when because I can't imagine Banjo Kazooie and Goldeneye coming to NSO Plus Expansion Pack and then nothing else. I realize those might be the two marquee titles from from Rare that you know are, are been tied up in in rights issues, but uh, you got to get some so, like, more. If you if you you know start with those two, why stop? And then if you if you're gonna have Banjo Tui, well, why not go f- all the way with the game that's most associated with rights issues outside of Goldeneye, Diddy Kong Racing? Look, Diddy Kong Racing, I uh, I have become such an advocate for everything Diddy Kong Racing. I it, I feel like in the last few years, I I have been warped into a Diddy, Diddy Kong Racing zealot. I uh I don't I don't know between campaigning for TT as a cosmetic in Sea of Thieves, which I only do because he was in the prototype build. I'm not crazy. I am not crazy. I, <laughs> I feel like there, there's a picture out there. We've this isn't we, we've this isn't like a, this picture isn't like some guy in a costume where you can see his wristwatch. It's. <laughs> It's TT in the build of the game. I feel like I'm Chuck McGill on the witness stand. I'm not crazy. I know they switched that stop clock. Uh, <laughs> you will not gaslight me, Mike Chapman. So anyway, yeah, but between this and, and wanting Diddy Kong Racing back in playable form, I mean, that would just be, I think that would be potentially the biggest story. Out of, out of, out of everything in 2023, getting Diddy Kong Racing on NSO would, might be the biggest story for our fandom. It, it's also just a matter of like, this is the best opportunity they have had to do this. And it might be really. the only opportunity. It might because... be the only opportunity for the foreseeable future if NSO doesn't stick around as a thing. Yeah, so... But it's like, I, I don't want this to be another case of, say, the 3DS coming out, and for the entire life of it, we don't get a single Virtual Boy port. Yeah, when you say it's obvious for Nintendo to do something, they will find a way to... <laughs> <laughs> And look, as far as it being Diddy Kong Racing's, you know, biggest advocate online, I feel like I'm snake bit. I'll believe it when I see it. Um, everything is cursed when it comes to Diddy Kong Racing. And I'm amazed Fan Gamer didn't burn to the ground the minute they launched Rare Racers merchandise. Like, the, the fact that we've gotten that much has seemed like a minor miracle. So I don't want to sit here and say, yeah, I think we'll see Diddy Kong Racing in 2023 because I am so burned out fr- from playing this I, game that I just... I just really want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we, we always forget because we talk about the games that are really tied up in rights issues, but Donkey Kong 64 is another open question. Will that be coming to NSO Plus Expansion yeah. Pack? It seems like a no-brainer, but... It, if I mean, especially because it was on the Wii U eShop and, you know, clock's ticking, but still is. Yeah. Um, it, it, so 
like the if there's any rights issues with DK64, they've been sorted out before. Yeah, I feel like you know Nintendo's never in any rush, and whatever timetable they're on is their own internal secret. We, we're never really sure why they decide what they decide. Like, oh, we're going to decide for all three Donkey Kong Country games to come to NSO in this calendar year. No reason. Just just because. It, there's never any grand plan. So you could say, well, they're obviously waiting for Donkey Kong 64 when they announce the new Donkey Kong game when people are excited about Donkey Kong. Nintendo doesn't really operate in those terms. Uh, it's, it's just... Or like at the very least not consistently with enough of a pattern that you can reliably pinpoint it. Yeah, like occasionally they will retroactively make it look like they have a master plan where they say like, this is all the stuff we have coming out for Zelda, for for Zelda's 35th anniversary or whatever, and it's just stuff they already had in the works, but they're just tying it, you know. That's how Year of Luigi happened. They just happened to notice they were coming out with a lot of stuff that had Luigi in it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I would like to sit here and say, well, obviously, they're going to wait till uh, the 25th anniversary of Donkey Kong 64 when everybody's super nostalgic for Donkey Kong 64. Um, But that's not the way Nintendo works. So we, we could just see it announced some random 9 p.m. Eastern time some weekday night and then it just you know launches the next week and oh yeah there's Donkey Kong 64 is now available cool cool uh let me check in with the live stream chat see how it's going um so we got uh eeps is in the chat hello eeps um it says if diddy kong can be next to solid snake i doubt him be next to conquer in modern day would be an issue oh yeah I don't think Conquer would be really any issue these days for being on uh, yeah. NSO. Honestly, that didn't even like factor into my mental calculus anymore. Yeah. Like it would have maybe a decade ago. Yeah. The, the th- yeah, as as you've said, like with the free amount of crossover with M-rated properties and Smash, and it being absolutely no big deal, and. For that matter, Conquer being pretty far out of the spotlight. Like, yeah. you can't go to a physical store shelf and buy a copy of Bad Fur Day. Yeah, you might be um, able to find Rare Replay, but again, that's just... It, it, it's a very, like, specific thing. You have to have an Xbox One or up, and then you have to, you know, buy, buy this game. have, like, content warnings yeah. in-game. Yeah, the, so... I mean, granted, the original one, the original Bad Fur Day release did, too, and that didn't stop anybody. I don't think Nintendo's really concerned about perverting the youth I, by associating Diddy with Conquer. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, Eeps also says, I wonder when Donkey Kong advertising will finally begin to explode. The theme park and the Mario movie are coming right up around the corner, so I wonder if DK might end up joining the ranks of Nintendo's Big Four with Mario, Zelda, Animal Crossing, and Splatoon, considering the legacy and importance DK has with Nintendo. Luffy Don says, I think 2023 is the beginning of the redemption of DK. And yeah, like... it's been in a weird holding pattern, right? Like this rebuilding of the Donkey Kong brand, which we know is in the works, but nothing is really getting going because all the pieces are still being constructed. So we can see the infrastructure being laid down. We just can't drive on the bridge yet. So let's get into 
uh, new Kong elements. Uh, we have about 24 minutes until the new year for uh, the English Midlands, the birthplace of the DKU. So I think we, we, we can get all of this in under the wire, uh, call it Happy New Year, and bid each other adieu, Cameron. Mario Kart Tour. Now, uh, will we see new Kong elements in Mario Kart Tour this year? Here's going to be my bold prediction, because we just talked about this on a mini episode about how it seems like they're sort of winding down the amount of new content in Mario Kart Tour, at least as far as characters, carts, yeah, not, gliders. Not going away, but I think the the ambition of it is like winded down a little bit. Yeah. So if we do not see Cranky Kong added around the time of the Super Mario Brothers movie, I don't think we'll see him ever in the game because we know from the leaked Happy Meals toys that that Cranky does drive a Mario Kart in that sequence in the movie. Uh, he's he's on a little bike or something um, in, in the Happy Meal toy. So I feel like, yeah, you can make that leap and have Cranky join the ranks of Mario Kart Tour. But if it doesn't happen then, I don't think it's ever going to happen because we talked about Nintendo really not jumping on opportunities like this, but this is a bit different. I feel like this is just... When interest in Mario will be at an all-time high, when more people will be downloading the game, when they may have some crossover opportunity, they would definitely seize it. I I wouldn't count on it, but at this point in Mario Kart Tour's life cycle, like it's it's not a big deal if it doesn't happen. No, I I think Dixie is is still kind of shocking to me that we got Dixie at all, a character who was never in Mario Kart, any iteration of Mario Kart before then, and she's just in it, and she's she's really fun. She's really well animated, and she's always my go to in multiplayer, and um, she's like as. As much as I'd like to see the Kongs get the same goofy costume treatment everybody else does, like, I'm pretty happy with the level of Kong content in Mario Kart Tour as is. It honestly makes it, makes them feel more special that they don't, right? Like, like it, it almost puts them on a, a tier like a above. special guest billing. Yeah, yeah, of. exactly, exactly. So it's the kind of, like... Like it's in their contract that they you're not putting me in any silly getups. Yeah, and only green M and M's in the bowl. I think that it, it it definitely is the kind of separation we're seeing now with the Mario franchise, where we're acknowledging that they're kind of uh, intersected, but they're still their own thing. We're not gonna get we're not gonna drag the Kongs completely down in the muck by having them hold giant sausages or, or dressing up like <laughs> astronauts. Meanwhile, we're saying, no, more big sausages, more big sausages. <laughs> so, yes, the Super Mario Brothers movie. I feel like we don't need to touch upon this too much because obviously we just talked about it quite a bit at the beginning this of December. This is going to be most of our next year, I think. No, 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 no. We'll get it out of our <laughs> system by April. But, yes, we will uh, in April, after the movie launches, we'll be having a multiple-person conversation panel episode to fully discuss our thoughts on the film. Good or bad, uh, shocked, horrified, or delighted, whatever it may be. But rest assured, we will be giving it full coverage, as we would any major game release. So... Uh, and we won't be waiting several years like we did for uh, Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle. Don't worry. It will, we'll be doing it in April. There'll be like four of us on the episode. It'll be a catastrophe. But 
I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't really have anything else to say about it except we may see more Kongs, or it, it might even be that you know it'll just be blinking, you miss it cameos. But I do think they will come into play in the end credits. I think there will be something to set up the Donkey Kong movie. I, I'm, I'm just gonna fight that. I know a lot of people are like, oh, they're gonna set up the next Mario movie, and they'll do that too. They'll do that too, but I think there'll be a little something in there for if, Donkey Kong. If the post-credits isn't Donkey Kong, I think it'll be Wario. Yeah, well, I, I think but there'll be multiple post-credits. Or gonna, there could be both. They're, yeah, they're gonna be multiple. Gonna be like full-on the, Guardians the, the of the Galaxy. Credits, the end credits. Yeah. The, yeah, it's gonna be like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, where it's just uh, here's another one. Here's another one. Uh, there's <laughs> Donkey Kong will return. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, cameo game wise, and but when I have, to, I have to now be very specific when I say cameo game wise, we're done talking about rare. I don't mean a sequel to Cameo Elements of Power, everybody's new favorite DKU game. I mean cameo games in the traditional DK Vine terminology with a C, as in uh, Nintendo games that Donkey Kong and friends appear in that aren't Donkey Kong games. So. You know, we, we were shocked this year to get a new Strikers game. Because uh, I, I thought that was a more bound franchise. I thought it was just from the the apex of the GameCube era. And then, you know, they, they don't do as many Mario Sports titles these days. And if it's not done by Camelot, then it's just not being done. So to have a new Strikers game yeah. was surprising. It, it's surprising because I've kind of had this, like, picture painted for me that, like, well, Camelot and... Sega with the Olympics games like those are the only studios actively engaging with these sports spinoffs anymore. Yeah. But no, this no next level still coming back to do their thing. So it would be really nice I think if we would get a new Mario Sluggers game. Uh the the baseball series because that was a series that really forced them to incorporate some Donkey Kong characters. I mean, some relatively <laughs> deep pulls for the for um, a Mario game. Uh, well, that's that's that was K. Rule's last appearance until Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. So it would be great to see Sluggers, but that's that was uh, Namco, right? Yep. Yeah. So it'd be so, Bandai uh, Nam- if Namco. If there were to be another one, I wonder if you'd have to if Namco would be the one to helm it or not. I, I I would think so. I would have just to think so. At least if it were like, I'd say if it were following that branding. But the first two games didn't have consistent branding. No, I mean I usually Nintendo is is kind of precious when it comes to that stuff. Like, well, that's that's this studio's franchise. Obviously, there are exceptions. Like, eventually, like Rare can no longer do Donkey Kong Country for a Nintendo console, so they recycled Donkey Kong Country the branding under Retro. Um, so, you know, it, it's possible. I, I think, uh, Strikers did well enough that they may want to keep going back to that well. And it's, you know, relatively easy content. Um, I will, we'll, you know, maybe I, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised and it would be, well, what wouldn't surprise me though is if we did get a new Sluggers game and it has minimal Donkey Kong content, just given the new, um, kind of barriers that have been put up between Donkey Kong and Mario with, with Donkey Kong having its own brand management team. And given the way the spinoff games have been lately, I wouldn't be surprised if there's no Donkey Kong content. And then four months after release, they announced that the Donkey Kong team is being added as DLC. <laughs> right, right. I also suppose we'll be seeing uh, Mario and Sonic at the 2024 Olympic Games in Paris. 
right? That'll probably be announced. That's usually announced or released the year before the actual Olympic Games, which is how we got the Tokyo 2020 game, which which became sort of a, a weird uh, artifact of pre-pandemic life. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm so excited about the, the new Mario and Sonic at the at the Olympics game to be announced. Aren't you? Uh, will you get to climb another rock wall? Well, E3 is coming back this year. We, I, I don't know what our plans are as of yet. Uh, it'll be a terrifying Petri dish of new COVID variants. But, uh, you know, mask up and, and maybe I'll be there. Um, Super Nintendo World is opening fe- February 17th in Hollywood. But it will be an extremely scaled back version of the park. And it will definitely never have the Donkey Kong section. So I'm, I kind of don't care about Super Nintendo World and Hollywood. It's got the Mario Kart ride and that's it. So, you know, the, the, uh. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm going to a universal park, it, it's not going to be that one. Yeah. The, uh, the Donkey Kong Country section of the, uh, Super Nintendo World in Osaka won't be opening until 2024 so that means we have to spend all of 2023 looking at more spy photographs of its construction look there's a new crane oh my god they're they're erecting something that's fine um the osaka sized equivalent of super nintendo world in the americas will not be opening until 2025 in orlando and, you know, presumably the Donkey Kong Country section of the park will already be in tow when it opens, but it's not very clear what the plan is there. We just know yeah, that I, Donkey Kong Country is being planned for Orlando. Yeah, it, it, it seems like it would just make sense to, like, you're already got delayed construction on the Mario area. Why not just build both at the same time? I mean, I, I understand like they want to like stretch out the hype for it and, oh, here's the park and now here's the expansion to the park. But at this point, just rip the bandage off and give us our damn Donkey Kong Park closer to home so I don't have to fly to Japan during the middle of a pandemic. No, no, go, go to Florida during the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, you're right. Oh, what am I thinking? Uh, apologies to any listeners living in Florida. Um, yes, sincerely. Yes. Uh, well, well. Yeah, we know you can't help it. <laughs> so uh, what, Cameron, then, of the Donkey Kong game oh here we go again so i feel like this is a fool's errand right to continually bring up the donkey kong game that we reported on way back when and then it blew up when when more prominent leakers on on your you know various uh reddits and and what have you started running with it and then New sites started carrying it, and it became a full-blown rumor leading into the E3 2021 hype cycle, and then it didn't get announced, and everybody was like, oh, that wasn't true. Uh, I still maintain it's true. I still maintain Nintendo is definitely working on a new Donkey Kong game. It just... The nature of how the news leaked to me and the rest of DK Vine was due to the fact that, well, development in the West got scuttled. Uh, the the new Donkey Kong game was being developed outside of Nintendo, not Retro Studios, 
And then uh, it got scrapped. And then from there, Nintendo decided to take it in internally and move development into Japan. So because of that, you know, stuff leaked out and we became privy to it and we became knowledgeable to a certain extent. We are now past the point where I I don't have any new knowledge to share of this. So it just becomes this thing of, no, last I heard it was still in the works. But, you know, I I can't tell you it's going to be 2023 necessarily. It's a situation where, like, I don't have anything to say about it. I have no idea when it's coming. But also, I'm not worried about it existing eventually because I look at a game we do know about that has had like like a similar an analogous like um development um road full of speed bumps and potholes and I, I don't i don't know like a family of ducks you have to wait to cross um <laughs> Uh, Metroid Prime 4, which <laughs> Nintendo publicly announced and publicly acknowledged was switching developers. Yeah, yeah. And, and that raises the question, what would you rather have? Would you rather have a game announced super early and then it all fall apart? Or would you rather being left in the dark and then having a game announced when they have all this stuff ready to show and a pretty firm release date? And and then you you know like I I'm of two minds about it because being in the dark is frustrating as a fan of a property you want to know that something is in the works but then if you enter development hell you you get that flop sweat of is this actually coming out is this actually going to cross the finish line I mean we've been at this for so long now we have seen games get announced and then never come out and then they always become these great white whales of the fandom where oh my god donkey kong racing would have been incredible and we can never get over it not really that that wound never fully heals so yeah i mean like granted metroid fans have had dread in the meantime so they've had enough to satiate them and uh, yeah, but you're right. Metroid Prime 4 was announced E3 2017? Yep. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. Which is around the time that Donkey Kong was in development as well at this other studio. So, yeah, you're, you're right. That is pretty... And it's just ironic, too, given the Retro Studios connections, where Retro Studios was moving on to something else entirely, not Donkey Kong, not Metroid. They eventually get pulled back into Metroid, and then Donkey Kong has to find a new home and, and strikes out the first time around, uh, and then eventually, you know, purportedly has landed back home at Nintendo EPD. So... Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it would be nice to just have, again, I'm going to use the monkey on our back terminology. I'm just stuck on Clive and Wrench, apparently. It would be nice to have the monkey uh, off our back, or in this case, on our backs, in our heads. W- what is it with Donkey Kong? It would be nice to at least have that public acknowledgement that it's in the works. Because that always makes everything feel better. It was frustrating in that brief window of time when you knew Rare was doing Donkey Kong for the Nintendo 64, but Nintendo wouldn't confirm it. And you just felt like you were, 
you were being driven to the brink of insanity. You were like, no, just say it. Say your say it's being in development. Say it's being worked on. Just put me at ease. But yeah, it, it's it's been a long and rocky road, and there's been a worldwide pandemic in the middle of it. And what's really rough is, you know, I, I've come to realize that we got the news right, like right as the plans were being. Uh, put into motion where like before the game was even concretely in development we just like got wind of it and so you know any timetable we had assumed was much earlier than we had thought so it's just here we are like we've we've been cursed with this knowledge for a while now and it's just waiting and waiting and waiting and me and my big mouth i had to share it with the world but um I do think it's going to be a pretty ambitious project. Like at this point, I don't know if I think it's going to be a 2D platformer. I, I Not that 2D platformers can't be ambitious and full of artistry because they absolutely are. But I think it might be a new twist on, on Donkey Kong gameplay. Uh, whether it's 2.5D, like, like something more... Um, of a 3D romp with with limited scope or a full-fledged 3D platformer. I don't know. Again, that's just yeah. me I, having a hunch at this point. But I'm hoping whenever we see the surface in whatever form it finally um, solidifies in, it'll be something that can pleasantly surprise me. Yeah. Um, uh, Freezer says Metroid Prime 4 should have been another damned Donkey Kong. <laughs> We're never going to get over that either, are we? That uh, Kotaku article, which what, like, what the no. f- what the hell? Like, oh, can we just call the game another damn Donkey Kong? I would like <laughs> without question adore that if that was at least the Western title. Uh <laughs> Like this is called the next Donkey Kong game, another damned Donkey Kong Country, <laughs> and and I don't know, K. Rules made a pact with Satan or something, and that's, that justifies the title. Uh, Quirtykin says, "What the hell is Platonic even doing?" I expected a DKR spiritual sequel from them years ago. We, I think, everybody expected. I don't know why we all just collectively, as a fandom, went to Diddy Kong Racing spiritual sequel as their second game. I think it's just how thirsty we are for anything remotely brushing up on Diddy Kong Racing. I feel like. <laughs> That was just our our go-to assumption. Of course, Platonic had other plans, and they really wanted to make a 2D platformer, which I'm glad they did. Sometimes, you know, we don't know best. Sometimes we don't know what we want until we get it, and then it's like, oh. It's it's still something I'd love to see them do in an environment where they want to and are, like, comfortably resourced to do so, because there's still a giant Diddy Kong Racing-shaped hole not being filled yeah, by a new game. Absolutely. Or, so, an, or the existing game, for that matter. But the hope is, you know, maybe Platonic, if they, if they have a really solid foundation, solid idea for it, with, with their new structure, with their multiple development teams, that could definitely be in the works. And it could be a, a feasible project that we wouldn't have to wait, 
you know, a decade or more for back when they were just doing one game at a time. Now, hey, you know, there's a lot more possibilities on the table. And while they do want to get away from just labeling everything as a spiritual successor or sequel, like, hey, this is our uh, Banjo-Tooie spiritual sequel. This is our Diddy Kong Racing spiritual sequel. They want things to kind of stand on their own and not just be constantly uh, mirroring what, you know, their senior development staff did in the 1990s. I I think that... um, there's definitely and still that itch. Honestly, now that the Platonic Friends label exists, I think they're a lot more ready to take on that sort of project now because they have a larger stable of characters to negotiate with. Yeah, that that, that is true. Yeah, I, I definitely see like, and it depends if the studios behind them want to play ball, but I could definitely see, for example, um, Beebs from off of Demon Turf definitely uh, engaged, given that she already has, given that Ukulele have already uh, appeared in the original Demon Turf. So, yeah, I mean, it's... I, I think we're, we're just... We're still at this weird post-pandemic point in our fandom for all three uh, major studios. Maybe less so Rare, because Rare has been able to have that continuance of Sea of Thieves. There, there's never really been any downtime uh, for rare, where you know they they haven't been in the public eye, I, you could make the case that yeah, Everwild has been mired in development hell. But I, you know, it, it, it's still um, notable for them to have kept Sea of Thieves up and running and rarely missing a beat during the uh, darkest days of lockdown. So yeah, I I, I think that. We're we're still in this relative holding pattern, but you like I foundation is the operational word here, where so much foundation is being laid for Platonic, for N- Nintendo's uh, new take on Donkey Kong, and for yeah even even Rare, you know, like and, and what they might have cooked up outside of Sea of Thieves. It's just getting there is the problem and yeah we're we're remarkably resilient as a fandom we're we're wrapping up our 10th season of the conversation right now so i think that the fact that we can persevere as much hopefully gets you know some of the pressure off those responsible for the games you know we 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 can wait it out a little bit longer it's fine uh (laughs) So, yeah, anyway, Cameron, we are coming up very quickly on uh, New Year's in Twycross and the English Midlands. Uh, Sure are. Yeah, so we are under a minute away. So I feel like this is is the awkward part where... um, we, we, We can't really start anything substantive as far as discussions go. Um, Well, Chris Alcock in the chat says, question high on Cameron, what would be your one wish each for the DKU in 2023 that isn't a stopwatch? God damn, I was going to be the stopwatch. I was going to say the stopwatch. How can you deprive me of the stopwatch? (laughs) Cameron? I mean, how optimistic am I allowed to be with this? Because my... Cameron, you're going to have to table it. You're going to have to table it, Cameron. Yeah. We're... we're, uh, we're coming up on uh hold on my my clock just froze okay okay uh nine eight seven, seven six, six five, five four, four three 
two, Three, two one. one. Happy New Happy Year, Year, UK. Rare Platonic. Yay. Yay. See, clap, clap. my clock wouldn't have frozen if I had a working stopwatch on my ship in Sea of Thieves. That's my that's my uh, suggestion. Anyway, uh, Cameron, really quick, what what's your one wish? I mean, if I, I'll keep it modest. Just Diddy Kong Racing on NSO. That is that is ugh, that's really not modest anymore. That's just a giant giant ask. But I will also <laughs> ask for Diddy Kong Racing on NSO. It, it is the, as Matt Corna put it, it is the um, like foundation of our fandom it, it is the keystone uh, of everything that the donkey kong universe and dk vine has been built on since its launch and it's just a shame that so many younger fans have been deprived of the ability to play it freely and legally for all of these years oh, the heck with the younger fans i want to play it on switch <laughs> Hey, listen, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to this episode and for all episodes all season long. This has been a great year for the conversation. I'm really proud of all the episodes we've done along with the entire staff, all of our guests. It's been a lot of fun. We're going to keep the momentum going in 2023. Uh, I think season 11 will be our best season yet. I will make that prediction as well. I think it's going to be a memorable, exciting year for Donkey Kong fandom, for Rare fandom, for Platonic fandom, for the Donkey Kong universe. Should we sing the traditional New Year song, Cameron? Okay. Yeah, why not? All right. Should old Should game old characters, game be, characters forgot be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old game characters be forgot? You should read DKVine.com. Yeah, we we definitely need to work on our timing and um, our key and um, and. And just singing. Yeah. Just, just in general. Generally, just presentation. This has been a File 2 production. Terrico.